Welcome back to our mini-series on optimistic trends. Counter to what you may have been led to believe, the world is getting better on many, many, many fronts. Uh, we are often think that everything's getting worse. Most people believe that things are getting worse or at least staying the same. But that's not what the data shows. The data shows that everything is getting better, which allows us to be better investors, better with our money and all these things. So I want to negate some of this catastrophic, catastrophic, you know, propaganda that's out there by sharing with you 10 plus of the world's most optimistic trends. From this book, uh, 10 Global Trends Every Smart Person Should Know. You can pick it up on Amazon. There's links in the blog. That way I hope I'm not uh, infringing on any copyrights. You can read most of this in the preview of the book on Google anyways. Um, but uh, it's definitely worth the read. It's a nice coffee table book. There's lots of uh, nice pictures and stuff in there. We have it in our office. It's just a good reminder that things are getting better. So pick that up. But in the meantime, and I don't get any affiliation fees or anything like that. I just think it's an interesting read. Uh, but let's continue right on. We covered three last week. Go back and listen to that if you haven't so far. Again, if you are normally a podcast listener, you may want to either watch this on YouTube or go on the blog. You can see the graphs for some of these trends. But we'll jump right back in with optimistic trend number four, peak population, right? And so, you know, we talked before about, uh, you know, the last week about the how the population has grown eightfold over the last 200 years from a billion people to 8 billion people. Um, and that we are, you know, while we are using up resources, we are not depleting them anytime soon. There seems to be plenty of resources to go around. But if this population is still rising, because the trend for population growth is still up, we are still increasing in people. If you go find a world clock counter, right, or a population clock, it shows that number continue to increase. More people are born than die every day. Um, so when does this end? It's, you know, the population is still rising. When will it end? Um, and based on estimates of the people who seem to know the most about these things and have done all this different math and, and put all these different things together, the world population will likely peak around 9.8 billion around the year 2080. And then it will actually should actually begin to fall off slightly after that, and then maybe reach some kind of equilibrium at some point, far after probably any of us are are alive. But the world's population is basically going to peak just under 10 billion people, and the primary cause of this is education and economic advancement. Right, uh, most of the population growth that we see now is in developing countries, uh, where you know many children are required. And so uh, folks in, in poor countries and developing countries, they have more children than folks do in developed nations. And part of that is they they hope that some will survive, right? The the mortality rate for children is much lower, um, unfortunately still. And that that's also increasing. That's another trend for a different uh, time. But, you know, as, as people are lifted out of poverty, as this great enrichment is happening, and as the world is getting richer and more technologically advanced and more things are available, more opportunities, more, uh, more opportunities for education, for better work, for all these things, people tend to start having less children, right? And so the, the, the trends clearly show that the, the richer a country gets, the more economic opportunity a country has, the fewer children they have. And as as you know, more and more developing countries are pulled into the middle class, more than more are given more education and economic opportunities, they have less children. And it's while it is completely trite to call it a quality over quantity thing, that's precisely what happens, right? And as, as, as the poverty curve sharpens downwards, the population curve will also start bending out towards uh, not no longer increasing until it finally caps out and then should even begin to decrease. And, and part of that too is just 
general structures, right? For or, for a long time, we've we've lived off of you know a younger, uh, a bigger younger generation supporting older generations, and eventually that's going to start shrinking. Where you know, if if on average households have two kids per household, then they're not, they're, it's no longer increasing anymore. And they may even go down to, to one per household, less than two per per two parents. And, uh, but obviously other improvements, other things that we're going to do should be able to, and, and as more people be able to support themselves in retirement and retire successfully and stay successfully retired on their own savings and the only things they've built and they don't need the younger generations to support them, we will no longer need this pyramid structure of larger and larger subsequent generations to support the older ones. So anyway, there's a whole bunch of things that go into it. But the population should uh, taper off right around 10 billion, and that'll be it. So there we go. If you ever wondered how big is this world going to get, 10 billion people. It's not going to continue on forever. It'll cap out. Uh, trend number five, optimistic trend number five, the end of famine, right? So with the population growing, right, from 8 billion all the way up to 10 billion, this, here's the perennial question, right? Can we feed 10 billion people? The answer is yes, we can feed all those people. And it's evident to anyone looking around, right, at, at uh, developed nations that we are no longer lacking in calories, right? But what about the, the world's, you know, uh, poorest populations, poorest regions like sub-Saharan Africa and some of these other ones, uh, which also have the highest population growth. So the places that have the least amount of resources and the least amount of food are also growing the most. Well, in 1960, uh, well, real quick. So the average uh, man needs between 2,200 and 2,800 calories per day. And the average woman, uh, active woman needs 1,800 to 2,000 calories per day. And so back in the 1960s, the average number of calories consumed per day was for the world about 2,200 and for sub-Saharan Africa about 1,800. So the world was in that range of having enough food, but the, the poor regions, uh, even as close as soon as 1960, were still below that, right? Not getting the, the recommended amount of calories to keep you healthy and give you plenty of energy to go out and do things. But in 2017, those numbers have continued to grow. And by 2017, the world in general is at 2,900 plus calories per day on average, which is more than even an active man needs, um, which is why we get some of other problems that we have, right? But the sub-Saharan Africa also has now reached 2,400 plus calories per day. So even in the poorest regions, people are giving, getting enough Food and moreover, the poorest regions have seen the the sharpest rise in these calories in the last thirty years, and so it was trending for a little bit for a while, and then it's really spiked up, and they've really uh, increased those, and the trends show no sign of slowing. So, you know, how is this possible? Well, there's much greater agricultural productivity due to the scientific progress, right? Uh, thanks, Monsanto, I guess, right? There's you know, there's all kind of problems with with that and GMOs and all that stuff that that we rage about here in the developed world and and some of the side effects of that. But in general, for the developing world who are just trying to you know have enough food to eat, it's been a very good thing for them. Uh, number two, there's been a greater uh, greater world wealth leads to more purchasing power, which means they can spend more on food, which stimulates production, right? More demand means more supply is going to jump in there to fill that demand. Uh, the spread of democracy has significantly reduced the authoritarian government interference in, in countries getting enough food. And uh, obviously, a lot of improved communication and transportation means that wealthier countries, when they have surpluses, can help support either donating or selling for cheap to countries that are going through food shortages to carry them through that. So, you know, while famine rocked the world for almost all of human history, they are pretty much gone at this point outside of war-torn uh, areas. So 
the end of famine. We are, it, it is going away. We can, we do have enough food. All the trends are pointing in the right direction. We'll have plenty of food to feed everyone. Um, optimistic trend number six, there is now more land for nature. Um, if you would guess, you know, if you had a guess, would you guess that the, the global levels of forests in the world are growing or shrinking? Uh, do you hear more about deforestation or afforestation? Uh, if you're like me, I'd never even heard of afforestation, right? Until now. Um, and maybe I'm dumb and I'm also the last one to that party, but you know, that's all I seem to hear about is deforestation, what a big problem it is. And and it can be right. And yet 865,000 miles, uh, square miles of canopy, tree canopy were added to the global forest between 1982 and 2016. Uh, that's a land area larger than Alaska and Montana combined of nothing but trees growing and added to the total population of trees in the world. And, and as with all these trends, it's continuing to go in the right direction. There's shows no sign of, of that, those additions stopping or flatlining. Uh, you know, continents like Asia and Europe, North America have had such a positive net addition to forests, right? There's some deforestation going in some areas, but there's more trees being planted and more afforestation in other areas that they have a net positive impact on the global scale. And it more than makes up for other areas like uh, South America and Africa that have negative effects. And, and all this tree coverage, right, is like a sponge for carbon dioxide. It's pulling a lot of carbon emissions out of the air. It doesn't eliminate it, right? It's not there. It's not there only thing or it's not going to make some of the climate issues that we may be facing go away but it does help and so more trees is a good thing i'm no tree hugger but i do love trees and this is definitely a positive thing that trees are making a resurgence and we're having more and more forests now than we've had in a long long time so that's a good thing uh number seven planet city so throughout most of human history, people lived in rural areas, right? And even in 1900, 41% of Americans worked on farms. Today, that's less than 2%. Less than 2% of Americans work in agriculture. And cities are where all the innovation happens, right? All where all the advancement comes from. And according to World Bank, right, quote, no country has grown to middle income without industrializing and urbanizing. None has grown to high income without vibrant cities. So cities are where the wealth is created where good things tend to happen. So cities are good for the planet as the inhabitants actually emit less carbon, use less electricity, and have a smaller land footprint compared to rural dwellers, right? So that, that's part of where afforestation comes from, right? As people are moving out of rural areas people uh, and into cities, and it allows more space for trees to come from. And so, you know, what is the percentage of people that live in cities? Well, in 1950, it was 29%. In 2018, it's 55%. And in 2100, 20, it's estimated to be at 85% of the world's population will live in cities. And so even if you personally hate cities, right, maybe you're listening to this and you live in the country or um, you want to live in the country and you hate cities, well, this is still good, right? Because that means the more people that move to cities means the more land that's available to you for you to enjoy. So, um all in all, people moving to cities is a good thing, um, and we'll continue to see more of that. And number eight, last one for today is democracy on the march. And while you may hear the rhetoric of the end of democracy, right, and how there's this big wave of fascism coming, or this big wave of communism coming, depending on who you're listening to and who's screaming about it, uh, the trends still disagree. You know, aside from the World War II era, democracy has been spreading from only a handful of countries in 1800 to roughly 50% of all countries in 2023 are democracies. 
right? And further, autocracies have been steadily decreasing from nearly 70% of governments being an autocracy to now just over 10%. And, and while there are blips in those trends and all that, it's they're all still going the right way. Democracy is going up, autocracies are going down, and everything seems to be trending in the right direction as far as global governments go over long periods of time. Yes, we still see issues, we still see problems, there are still issues out there, but again, the trends, the things we need to focus on are going in the right direction. So quick review of the optimistic trends we've had so far from last week and this week. The world is getting richer. Poverty is ending, hopefully within this decade. We are not running out of resources as fast as some would have you believe. The population will peak under 10 billion people. Famine is ending. We'll be able to feed everyone. There is more land now for nature than there has been in a long, long time. We're moving to cities, which helps nature. And democracy is still spreading. All great trends, all things that are positive and improving. We'll be back next week with even more positive trends to help you be encouraged to stay optimistic and to put data behind that. Not you know We're not being optimistic for the sake of, of believing in, in pie-in-the-sky theories or just, hey, hey we're just going to choose to be optimistic even though everything is going down. No, everything is going up, and that's why we're optimistic. So we are rationally optimistic around here, and these are some of the reasons why. So we'll be back next week with even more reasons. We'll see you then. Cheers. If you enjoyed that, you would love being part of our free membership community. It's called Retire Membership and has a host of benefits all for free. For example, you can always buy my book, 3D Retirement Income, on Amazon. But if you join us at Retire Membership, we will send you either a hard copy or paperback for free, provide the ebook and the audiobook so that you can listen to it if you don't have time to read it. In addition to that, we'll also provide you with a bunch of content that you can't get anywhere else. For example, we have our quarterly retire mentorship magazine, which comes out quarterly and has no ads whatsoever. It's just timely content to help you stay the course. We also have workbooks for our free online workshop to help you get the most out of those, flowcharts to help you make better decisions, and a weekly email to provide timely content that you can unsubscribe from at any time. We never ask for any payment information, and we never share your information with anyone else. We just want to provide timely content and help you stay the course to retire successfully and stay successfully retired. There's no reason to wait, so join us now at retiremembership.com, where you can click in the link in the description, and it'll go right there. We can't wait to see you in the community. Cheers. This podcast is educational only and is not investment, tax, or legal advice.